Welcome to Gracious Words. Gracious Words is taken from the weekly women's Bible study taught by Cheryl Broderson at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California. We behold your glory, God, in the face of Christ. It shows us who you are, revealing who you are. On today's program, we are going to look at how Jesus fulfilled the ultimate will of God and brought us a better covenant and did what the sacrifices could never do, offer us complete forgiveness for our sins. Here is part three of Cheryl's message titled, The Will of the Lord is Good. They did not realize that these things only foreshadow and pointed to the cost that was necessary to bring the good things to us. They thought that the law, the sacrifices, and the priestly duties was the end all. They thought that's what God wanted but they did not realize that they were pointing to, foreshadowing. They were not the image of the things. They were not a mere copy. They were not even an exact replica of the original. They were a shadow, a very dim, obscured reflection. Have you ever looked at your shadow? Your shadow has no details, does it? You can't see where your eye is in a shadow, can you? You can, and, and everything's kind of exaggerated. Ever notice that about your shadow? You're either longer or you're shorter, or your nose is bigger, or if you do weird things with your hands, it looks like animals. Your shadow is not the true reflection of you. It's a silhouette, but it doesn't have the details and it exaggerates so many things. So it was with the law and the sacrifice and the priestly duties. The law could never perfect, verse one, those who approached, could never complete them, could never make them whole, could never satiate, could never, could never satisfy the requirements of God. Why? because no one could ever fulfill the law's demands. No one could ever do the law. The sacrifices, according to Hebrews 10, verses two through four, could never purge sin, could never remove the guilt, the consciousness of past sins, because the fact that they were continually and yearly repeated showed that the sins of men were not removed, but only covered only a temporary covering. And because it was impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to do away with sin. The priest could never, verse 11, even though he ministered daily and offered repeatedly the same sacrifices ever remove or take away sins. Because the law, the sacrifice and the priest were not the ultimate will of God. That was not the will of God. 
They could not bring in or usher in the will of God. They could only point to the will of God. They could only point to the need of a better covenant. And they could only remind men of their sins and need of a better covenant. They were the markers, the indicators, the directional signs. You need a mediator. You need a better priest. You need a better sacrifice. You need a better law. You need something better. But Jesus came to inaugurate, to bring in the will of God. Hebrews 10 verses 5 through 10. The author of Hebrews quotes Psalm 40 verses 6 through 8 to show how the sacrifices and offerings were not the will of God. They were not the end objective. They were not the end desire. They were not the goal. God's will for you is not the law, not the sacrifices, not the rituals. That's not the methods. That's not God's will. And this is what God said. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Then I said, behold, I have come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do your will, O God. This is God's will. God's will is that Jesus would pay the penalty for your sin. But that's not the end. That's only the beginning. That's only what was necessary that you might enter into the good will of God. You see, but some of us are standing outside on the other side of the cross, just looking at it going, it's painful. It's terrible. Is that what you have for me? No. That's the way in through Jesus to all I have for you. Jesus is not on the cross. He is on the right hand of God, the Father. He was raised for your justification that you might know that you might know that you might know that your sins are forgiven, that you are covered, that you might enter into the reconciliation, that you might be called a daughter of God, that you might realize every day just how good the will of the Lord is. God's will is not seen in the law. You cannot look at the law and go, oh, wow, that's, that's great. No. You cannot look at the sacrifices and go, okay, God's will is good. Nope. Can't look at the priestly duties or the regulations. Can't look at that and say, oh, God's will is good. No. You have to look beyond that. God's will is to take away the first covenant and establish the everlasting covenant. Isaiah 61 verse 8 says this, For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery for burnt offering. I will direct their work in truth, and I will make with them an everlasting covenant. He said that when the first covenant was still operational. He said, I don't like this. 
This is not my will. I am going to establish an everlasting covenant in truth. God's intention, his will, was a new covenant. And by this new covenant, he wanted to bring these good things. One, the sanctity of believers through the body of Christ once and for all. He wanted to consecrate everyone who believes to make us his own, to consecrate us for his good purposes, to set us apart, to make us unique and different and special for his purposes. He selected us and set us apart to bless us by God's good will. He wanted to take away sins. Verse 11, by God's good will, verse 13, he's bringing all the enemies, all the enemies under the authority of Jesus Christ, the enemy of death, the enemy of sin, the enemy of sickness, the enemy of Satan, the enemy of this world, the media, all that. He's, he's letting them wear themselves out because they're already defeated. And he is waiting to bring all of these under the authority of Jesus. And they are in the process right now of being brought under the footstool of Jesus right now. All these things are wearing themselves out. What are we seeing in the world right now? We are seeing men coming to the end of themselves. We are seeing this worldly system come to the end of itself. We are seeing sin coming to the end of itself, death coming to the end of itself. They are coming to the end because they are a defeated foe. And slowly but surely, but most certainly, they are all coming under the authority of Jesus Christ. This is the way I've begun to pray. I have begun to pray saying, Lord, I bring this person, I bring this situation under the authority of Jesus Christ. I put that under the feet of Jesus Christ. I bring it right there under the authority of the cross because the cross says this is already defeated. The cross says this is already over with. God's will is to perfect forever all those who are being sanctified, all those who are being set apart for salvation. God is now perfecting. And the word perfecting is progressive. You know, we get so upset, like, oh, I blew it. I sinned. Today, I had to make a left-hand turn out of my neighborhood. And those cars would not stop coming. So I gassed it. And I just pulled in front because I knew I could do it. I knew I had the speed. I, someone gave me a BMW that's, that's 13 years old but it still got it. It's a gift. I almost got a license plate that said, it's a gift. But then when you go to South Coast Plaza, you don't want people to think it was a gift. You want to think like, yeah, I can afford that dress. It's a gift. But I pulled out wildly. And I had brought my breakfast with me. A breakfast of yogurt and strawberries because I was running late this morning. And they flew off during my wild turn and strawberries went all over. 
with yogurt. And I thought, I knew better than that. I knew better than that turn. I knew better than to set the strawberries with the yogurt where I did. And this is my own fault. I deserve a yogurt strewn car. Because I was stupid. And the Lord said, um, who are you talking to? Me. Well, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, hey, you didn't get hit, did you? I had to send eight angels down for that move. But I saved you, didn't I? He did. And all I had to do was clean up a little bit of yogurt and find my strawberries and rinse them off from the lint because I still wanted to eat them. But you see, we are in the process. God isn't looking at you going, (laughs) you know, I thought you were going to be further along by now. He's like, process is happening. Paul said, I have this confidence that I know that the one who has begun a good work in you, he'll finish it. He'll finish it. We don't have a half-completed universe, a half-completed earth, a half-filled ocean. We don't have octopus with seven legs. Like, oh, I meant to do that eighth one. I'll get to it. No, God completes. What he started, he completes. He'll do it. He will do it. He is perfecting. He has started the process in us, for us, and he uses our circumstances. He convicts us and uses our yieldedness to bring us into all his purposes, all his good purposes. He is bringing out the hidden potential and the original design that he has for our life. Philippians 1, 6, being confident in this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He is internalizing God's work, 15 and 16, that now the law is written on our hearts. He's working on our desires and working on our thoughts. That's part of the process so that it's no longer an outward standard of conformity, but it's according to our desires. He works in us, again, Philippians 2.13, to will and to do, to want, to want to obey him, to want to surrender. Um, in the Heinz Feet on High Places, one of the best books ever written. She talked about how God wants to make us a glad stream that loves to flow over the rocks and spill over the cliffs in glad surrender to the Lord. He gives us a new heart. So our will desires his good will. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days. What days? After the days of Jesus Christ, says the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds, I will write them. God's good desire is that there be no more separation between himself and his creation. Verse 17, their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. In Isaiah 59, one through two, we're told of the reason for the separation. What separated God from his creation? What kept us from the blessings of God? Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened 
that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear, but your iniquities have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. That's what the problem is. This separation, every sin put us this much further away from God and yet God wanted reconciliation. But sin was the problem. So Jesus paid that God's will to bring us close, to be able to intervene and bless might be realized. Jesus came to bring us emancipation from our sins, to set us free from our sins. And he did that by the work and blood of Jesus once for all. There is no need for another sacrifice. He paid it. It's amazing to me to realize as I read the book of Hebrews that this epistle is written while the sacrifices were still going on, but even these were about to cease. Most people believe Hebrews was written sometime between 60 and 69 AD. And in 70 AD, Titus destroyed the temple completely. And he so destroyed the records that for over 2,000 years, they don't know who truly is from the Aaronic tribe, the tribe of Aaron. There has been no one since 70 AD who can qualify for a priest. There has been no sacrifice for sin, no more blood of bulls and goats since 70 AD. Do you realize that within 40 years, which is significant in itself, within 40 years from the time of Jesus' crucifixion, all of the physical sacrifices offered in the temple were done away with and they have not come back. They have not come back. And even though the Jews are back in the land, what do they still not have? A temple. That's right. They don't have a temple. They don't have an altar for sacrifices. They don't have a priest. Why? Because Jesus died once for all. There is nothing for the Jews to return to. No more priesthood, no more sacrifices. They are left only with the law, their sin, and their guilty conscience unless they receive the Messiah who loves them, who came according to the scriptures to emancipate and save them. Jesus alone reveals to us the goodness of God's will. God's will is to reconcile his creation back to himself, to bless his creation, to glorify his creation, to take it to its highest intention and potential. And Jesus, by his sacrifice, has brought us into this new covenant, this covenant, this new covenant, whereby our sins are forgiven and we can receive all the promises and blessings of God is God's will. It's God's objective. It's God's desire. Have you been lied to by the devil? Have you been told that the will of God is not good for creation, is not good for believers, 
that it's not good for you personally and individually, it's a lie. God's will is good. God always has your best in mind and heart. I think of this, the song, Great is Thy Faithfulness. And one of my favorite stanzas is this, pardon for sin and a peace that endureth. This is God's will. Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth. Thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with 10,000 beside. That's the good will of God. Did you hear it? Listen again. Close your eyes. This is God's will for you. Pardon for sin. Peace that endures. His own dear presence with you to cheer you up, to comfort you, to guide you. Strength for today. Whatever strength you need present with you today. Bright hope for whatever comes tomorrow. Blessings. With whatever blessing you're thinking about, multiply it by 10,000. Blessings all mine with 10,000 beside. This is the will of God that Jesus revealed, accomplished, inaugurated, and has brought to you. May you no longer be afraid to say, not my will, but yours be done. May you not be afraid to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If there are lingering thoughts that the will of God is not good, if it is hard for you to pray that prayer, to say that, It is only because you've been lied to. You're not a bad person. You're just a fearful person. You have believed the lie. I believe the lie. Sometimes I still get tricked by that lie. God's will is good. The more you know that, the more that comes into your consciousness, and takes over your heart, the more freely you will surrender. The more that when we sing, I surrender all, you're like, could we bring it up a beat? Ah, Surrender all, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, we're like, can we rock it? Well, some of you would say that. I would say that. You know, like, I just want to celebrate. I want a song like that for the church, you know, or like, we will, we will praise you. Oh yeah. We will, we will praise you. Why don't we have something like that? You know, I I want a big old declaration for the church. You know, I want us to like, let us rock our forgiveness. Let us like, let us rock our surrender. Let us not come to God cowering like, I surrender all. Could you take it if I don't give it? I don't want to be like that anymore. I want to rock it. I want to like, yeah, take this and that and everything you want because you're good. You're good. You know, I don't know how to do it because I don't want to have this and I can't rap and I have no rhythm. But in heaven, I'm going to be so good. 
because that's when the will of God's gonna be fully seen. And wait till you see my new nose. It's gonna be so cute. But you know, can we rock it that the will of God is good? Can we stand up? Stand up. I want you to repeat after me. God's will is good. Yeah, now let's kind of rock it. God's will is good. Oh, some of you did that so good. I'm so proud of you. God's will is good. Have you been lied to by the devil? Have you been told that the will of God is not good? It's a lie. God's will is good. God always has your best in mind. We see it in all that Jesus revealed, accomplished, and brought to us. May we no longer be afraid to pray, not my will done, but God, let your will be done. God knows your heart and cares. If there are lingering thoughts that the will of God is not good, pray. Ask God to show you His truth and goodness in His will for your life. We hope you have been blessed by today's Bible study. For more information about the Gracious Words radio program and the teaching ministry of Cheryl Broderson, please visit our website at graciouswords.com. Coming up next time on the Gracious Words program, we'll look at the power of the new covenant as we continue our series, Our Great Faith, in the book of Hebrews with Cheryl Broderson. We do hope you make plans to join us. Again, for more information, please visit our website at graciouswords.com. This program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.